I'm going to invite you, if you have your Westover app, to open it. In fact, if you, if you have it, go ahead and, and get it open because I have several scripture references today that I'm going to bring to our attention and it will help you if you'll have the Westover app open. I want to speak today on the subject, Unique Calling. Unique Calling. At the end of the service, I'm going to be praying over all of our graduates. And I want to say to all of us today, graduates and the rest of us, every believer in Christ, there is a calling on your life. There is something, a unique calling that's designed for you. God does not create generic. (laughs) God created you. You're unique. You're different from anyone else. As God made every snowflake different, do you know your thumbprint is different from anybody else's thumbprint in here? Your thumbprint is different from the person to the left, the right, and every other person on planet Earth. You are unique. You are thumb buddy. You know that? I'm a thumb buddy. God has made you and I unique. And there is a unique calling for every one of us. A few years back when the girls were still at home, I think one girl was in high school, one girl was in middle school, we were taking a family vacation. We loaded up the kids in the minivan and we headed out. We were going to the Grand Canyon and we would go to Four Corners. But on the way, we made a stop in New Mexico and we went to White Sands. I don't know if you've ever been to White Sands. It is absolutely fascinating. As it were, a sea, a sea of white sand dunes as far as your eye can see. It's really spectacular. If you've never been, you want to stop by and see this sometime. It is just an unusual phenomenon. Well, we went to White Sands. We're going to take the tour, going to do the walking trail. And as we began to go about this walking trail, self-guided tour, the attendant gave us two warnings. said, first off, you need to understand, because of the sun just shining and reflecting off the white sand, that it, it's, it's very bright and you're going to get more sun exposure than normal. Wear sunscreen. And she said 10 minutes at white sand is like 30 minutes in the sun. You need to calibrate that and you need to wear uh, sunscreen. The next thing she said is as you walk through the tour, stay on the path. Stay on the path? What do you mean by that? The attendant said all along the pathway there are going to be stakes in the ground with orange flags on them. Follow, follow the pathway. Don't get off. If you wander off the path, then you'll get out there and one sand dune looks like the other sand dune that looks like another one and you will get turned around and you will not know how to get back. And quickly, quickly, your footprints in the sand just disappear. So we went on the self-guided tour. Here's what we discovered. You'd see the one stake and you would walk to it. And about the time you got to one stake, you could see the second stake. You couldn't see the second stake until you were almost at that first stake. And then we would walk to that second stake that was in the ground with a little orange flag on it. And about the time we got to the second one, we could see the third and so forth. I want to suggest to you that in our walk of faith, God has at least five callings mentioned for every Christ follower in the New Testament. Five callings, I'm going to detail them. And as it were, a guided tour in your faith walk, you have to get to one calling 
in order to see and recognize and hear the next calling. And as if we journey in life, if we will answer to God's call, we respond to that, we obey God, we hear, we, we move in God's direction, then all of a sudden you're going to sense the next calling in your life. Every believer here, every Christ follower, you have callings. At least five mentioned in the New Testament. It is interesting that in the New Testament, the word that's used for church and the word used for church in the New Testament never refers to a building or an address. We say, I'm going to church today. You had a building and an address in mind. No place in the New Testament do they ever refer to a location or a building as being the church. It's always the people. And the church was growing. Doesn't mean the building was going. Believers were growing. We're called the church. We are the body of Christ. The church. The word for church in the New Testament is the Greek word ekklesia, and it literally means the called out one. Everybody that's a believer in Christ is called. Isn't it interesting in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says, and the Lord created the heavens and the earth, and it says this, and God called the light day, and he called the darkness night. It doesn't say he named it. The Bible says he called it. When God brings a calling, then that means it has an assignment and a function from that moment on. I want to suggest every one of us, there are callings God has placed upon our life. With that, I would like you to go with me to the New Testament book of Romans, chapter 8, verse number 28. It's a verse that you probably read before, but allow me to uh, read it again and unpack it a little bit. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things, that in all things God works for the good to those who love him. You say, I love Jesus, but I don't see good. How come I love Jesus and the Bible says all things work for the good and I got laid off? How come, how come the Bible says... God works everything from the, for the good, and, and there's a tragedy or a setback in my career, in my life. There is something that, that I know God was not in favor. How come that happens in my life? Finish the verse. God works all things for the good to those who love him. Notice that. Notice the next phrase. Who have been called according to his purpose. It's not till you hear the calling of purpose that you can say God works all things good. And many of us are looking at our life and we're not seeing good because we haven't answered the next call. And there are five of them. There's, the, there's what I'm going to call the general call, the call to believe, the call to become, the call of purpose, and the last one, the rapture, the calling of the believers to the Lord. Let me unpack that. The first one. I'm going to call it the general calling. In Romans chapter 1, the Bible says that, that there is a calling to faith. In Romans chapter 2, the Bible says that God speaks to us. He's calling to our conscience. In, J in John chapter number 10, Jesus gives the illustration of the sheep, and it says, and the, the shepherd, he calls his sheep, his lost sheep, by name, and he says, come to me. This is the general calling. What is the general calling? The general calling is an awareness of God. An awareness of God. Perhaps you have coworkers. Perhaps somebody in this room, you're at this place right here. You're, you're, you're not really a Christ follower 
But you're in a season where your awareness of God has been heightened. You, you, you might even say, I'm, I'm a spiritual person. You may or may not accept Christ as Savior. You may or may not really accept the Bible, believe the Bible, recognize it as God's Word. You may or may not. But you have an awareness of God. And for the last few months, or maybe for the last few years, you're in this general calling. There's been a spiritual awakening that's happening in your life. And sometimes people in this sphere, the general calling, here's what they'll say. I feel more close to God in nature than I do in church. Why? It's the general calling. Their, their spirit person is awakening up. This is the person that the, the mountains or the creation or down by the ocean or the waterfalls, they are just caught by the majestic presence of God. This is, this is Psalm chapter 8. He says, when I see the moon and the stars and the wonders of your hand, I am just caught in all of God. It's Isaiah chapter 40 when he says, when I consider the heavens and how God spread out all of the planets and the moons and the stars, he said, I'm caught of the awareness of God. And many of us, we're right here. Your, your awareness of God has been heightened. And your heart is answering to what I'm going to call the general calling you're moving close you're you're accepting that there is a there is a supreme being now you may call him the man upstairs you may even call him by different names you you may have your own phrase your own category that you you, you classify or characterize this supreme being the sense of transcendence the sense of the existential the eternal you're in the general calling but when you finally come and you say you know what there is a supreme being. There is a higher power. There is something greater. That's what Aristotle came to. He said there has to be a, an originator. He called him the originator of all of creation. And when you come here, all of a sudden you see the next calling. You can see the stake. And you begin to be called to a place to believe. A place to believe. This is what we call it at Westover, making new. This is where you come to faith in Jesus. Now at this point, you may not accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, but you come to a place, but you had to have your heart awakened, awakened in order to realize that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. It's the John 3.16, whoever believes that God sent his one and only Son. It's Acts uh, 4.12, there's only one name under heaven, given among all men, where you must be saved, where you must believe, and that name is Jesus. This is what, this is what the New Testament tells us here uh, in, in Hebrews chapter number 3. It says that we have been summons with what Romans, excuse me, what Hebrews calls a heavenly calling. A heavenly calling. It's what 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 9 and 10 talk about. It says that we are a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy people because we have been called out of darkness into his glorious light. We have moved from God in general terms, and we accept Jesus Christ as Savior, that calling out of darkness into light, the light of accepting Jesus Christ, that's a calling. And then once you're here and Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and you've had a making new moment, you're a new person in Jesus, the next thing you sense is a calling to become. A 
calling to become. This is discipleship. This is moving from just believing Jesus is Lord. And you have to have that, and that's important. And that you all of a sudden realize, you know what? Jesus wants to change my life. Now, people at the general calling, they don't accept discipleship. They will say, because they can't see this stake. They can't see this calling yet. They don't hear this calling yet. They'll say, all those rules and regulations churches put upon you, you don't have to do that. I don't go to church and I don't believe all that stuff. Why? Because they're way back there. They haven't had this calling in their life yet. But once you receive Christ, then you have an awareness that we should be like Christ. That God wants to change our attitude. God wants to change our disposition. God wants to take our life the way it is, and he wants, he wants it to be different. And this discipleship is actually a calling. Here's what 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 15 and 16 says. He says, just as you have been called to be holy, discipleship is a calling. Becoming like Jesus is a calling. You're summons from just the, just the beginning seed faith into a life of faith. A life of obedience. It's what 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse number 9 says. That he has saved us and called us to a holy life. Oh, it's wonderful that God saves us. We celebrate the moment you're saved, you accept Jesus. Yes, you're on your way to heaven. But not only does he save us, the Bible says, and he's called us to a holy life. This is the next calling. And every one of us, God is calling us to discipleship, to be like Jesus. As I shared with you a few weeks ago, in the fall, get ready. In the fall, in August, we're going to be rolling out to you the most ambitious discipleship initiative this church has ever taken on. We are, we are planning, right? We want to get you in a pathway that you can become like Christ. I'm, I celebrate you came to faith in Christ, but God wants to transform us, to make us, to, to bring us to a place of, of, of spiritual maturity, and our faith is growing in the Lord. And once you're here, that you're saying, God, I'm growing. I'm obeying. God, you're changing me. God, you're, you're, you're transforming. I'm in a life group that has is, is challenged me to do better. I'm in a life group, and I'm growing, and I'm making better decisions. And, I'm, and, and our life is not the roller coaster ride. I'm getting some stability in my life, and I'm reading the Bible, and I'm beginning to understand it. And all of a sudden, you're going to sense another calling. what Romans 8.28 says, that God works all things for the good. You have to love him, you have to believe, and who are called according to his purpose. It's when you get here, stuff you didn't understand and you didn't appreciate, all of a sudden makes sense to you, because you see it was working for your good, it was according to his purpose. There's a phrase in in, in de land development, when they take a piece of property and they're going to open a subdivision or shopping center or, or they're going to do a, a, a major uh, drainage project or wh whatever the case may be, they look at the land and they say, what is its highest and its best use? God looks at your life, your giftings, you're not a mistake. Unique calling. My calling is not your calling and her calling is not his calling. And his calling is not his calling. Every one of us, there is a unique calling that God has for every one of us. 
And God is saying you need to find that purpose. And when you find that purpose, you'll realize the decisions and the pathways and some of the closed doors of the past that you did not understand and I didn't understand. We realize it worked for the best because God had a purpose. God closed the door here to open a door here. I've, I've, I've watched some people say, I don't understand. I don't understand why God sent us to San Antonio. We, we were happy in Kansas. We were happy in Seattle. We were happy somewhere else. And we pray, God, keep us there. We love that. We had everything going, but every door closed, and now we had to move to San Antonio. And why am I here? And then later hear a story like this. Do you know what happened? Guess what? My, my daughter met her husband here, and they got married. We thank God that he sent us a Christian man. We thank God for what he was doing. I thank God. I, I'm now, I, I, I've got influence in the company that I have. My career path has gone up, and we didn't see it back there, but God closed doors that we now see we're working for the good according to his purpose. But I couldn't see the stake. I couldn't see the, I couldn't walk to the calling until I got to the place of discipleship and God was transforming my heart. How do you know whether you're here or there? I'll give you a test. I can tell you whether you're, you're at the place of becoming or you're walking in the place of purpose by your prayer life. Here it is. In your prayer life, if you're praying, God, help me, and God, bless me, you're here. God, help me, and bless me, it's here. And there's nothing wrong with praying that. There is nothing wrong with praying, God, help me to be a better husband. God, help me to be a better dad. God, help me with my career. God, bless me in my venture. God, bless me to get a scholarship. God, bless me in the decisions I'm making. Nothing wrong with praying that. But you know you're at this place when your prayer life is, God, help me, and God, bless me. You know you're at the place and the calling of purpose when your prayer life is this, God, use me, and God, bless others. Now you're at purpose. You're growing when you're saying, God, help me, and God, bless me. But you've answered the higher calling when you're saying, God, use me, and God, bless others. This is what the Apostle Paul meant in the New Testament in, in Philippians chapter number 3. It's the verses that you, I'm sure you've read before, but allow me. He said, I forget the things that are behind. I'm moving forward. I'm pressing on the, for the things that Christ has taken hold of me. He said, brother, I don't consider myself to have apprehended or be perfect in any way. But he comes down to verse number 14. He says, I press to the goal for the prize which God has called me heavenward. The calling of purpose. God has put a calling, Paul said, on my life. And I've got to forget the calling. I've got to forget what God has done. And I've got to move on to what God has for me in the future and in the moment, and his ultimate purpose, and I'll jump ahead, I'll come back. There is another calling. It's called the rapture of the church. Yes, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. It says that the dead in Christ will rise one day, and we which who are alive and remain will be caught up together with the Lord in the air. How will that happen? 
it says, with the trumpet call of God. The trumpet call. That's the last calling. Revelation chapter 4. John says, I heard a voice and it was calling me upward. That's the rapture. The coming of the Lord. That's the last calling. Let me focus on this one for a moment. Mark Twain said, the two most important days in every person's life. First is when they're born. The second one is when they find out why they were born. When they discover their purpose. And every one of us, God has a calling, a purpose that he is bidding us to, to become. And real quickly, before I call the graduates forward, I want to share with you what I'm going to call call breakers. Ooh, there could be some call breakers. Every believer, every person, there's a calling in our life to move on. But there can, be a, there can be a call breaker. There can be something that can interrupt and disrupt your calling. There can be something that can, that can uh, cause your calling to go, for you to go awry and go off the path. I'm going to call it call breakers. The first one I'm going to share with you is what I'm going to refer to as the expectation of others. It's a call breaker. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse number 12 says, those that compare themselves among themselves, they're not wise. Guess what? If we compare ourselves among ourselves, your highest achievement and goal in life is somebody else. And God never meant you to follow the the, the impression and opinions of others. See, we can get we can get caught into this. The, the expectations of others. Other people have an opinion on how you should parent and, and, and the decisions of your career and what you should spend your money on and what you should do in your achievements. And, and if we spend our life just following the pool of public opinion, we're going to miss the unique calling that God has for us our purpose. We tell our, uh, we tell our teenagers when they're at home, don't succumb to peer pressure. But we do it, don't we? <laughs> and we do it as adults, don't we? I mean, we, we, we want to keep up with the Joneses. We want to keep up with everybody else. We want to have what they have. I mean, the new iPhone comes out. We've got to have it. I have people that say, Pastor, pray that I get enough money for the new iPhone. Why is yours broke? No. Just want to have the new cool thing. When I was a kid, uh, you know, little boys, little boys get into this. Well, if you can do this, I can do that. You know, they one up each other. You know, little boys in the playground. Well, I can, I can jump this far. Well, I can jump farther than that. I can, I can jump off of this. Well, I can, I can jump off something even higher. And I remember one day we were, we were doing this. You know. Well, if you do that, I dare you. If you get a dare, you got a man up. I mean, if you're a little boy and you get a dare, you got a man up. And if they ever double dare you, you're in. You, you either you you man up to the double dare, or you got to move out of town because you can never you can never face your friends again. The double dare. I remember one guy said, "You know, I can jump off this." Another guy said, "I can jump off the, I can jump off the." fence. I said, I can jump off the house. 
You know, some things you do, they're just plain stupid. Well, then I double dare you. So what we did is got on the fence and somebody hoisted me up and got on the house. And I looked out and I took the dive. And can I tell you, I didn't break anything. But can I tell you, when I hit the ground, rolled, everything hurt from my ear, from my heels to my ear. The pain was piercing. And they asked me, are you all right? Yes, yes. I was stupid. I was stupid. But somebody double dared me. And we get caught in that. Here's what I want to encourage you. Don't get photoshopped into somebody else's expectation of you. God has a unique calling for you. God has something special for you that's different from somebody else. Don't follow what the other person does. Find your unique calling. And if you'll find your unique calling, you'll discover when I'm in God's purposes, everything God has put and pieced together in my life, it works for good. Absolutely. Number two, what I'll call, refer to as call breakers, is the distractions of life. Jesus in Matthew 13 gave a parable. He said there are four kind of people, four kind of soil, four kind of people. There's the good soil, there's the hard soil, there's the rocky soil. And he said there's one where the brush and the shrubbery, the underbrush overgrows. He said that undergrowth is the cares of life. I'm going to call it the distractions of life. Graduates, for a moment, your life right now is managed busyness. Manage busyness. Because Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you got to be at college. You got to do this at a certain time. You have assignments due. You got to do homework. You, it's managed business. But once you graduate, you move into what I'll refer to as un manage busyness and it's easy to get sucked into the tunnel of of the small stuff yeah the competition doing this if if you try to answer God's purpose and you say yes to God's purpose Satan's going to begin to spam you he's going to try graduates to make you so busy over the next couple years that you will abandon your purpose. And I've seen this before. Graduates will come and say, Pastor, without God, I would have never got this scholarship. Without God, I would have never passed. Lord, I, that's not my best subject, but God helped me. And I aced the classes I was able to get through. It was tough, but I stayed focused on I made it all the way through. I know God has a purpose in my life. And then three or four years later, they got busy. Now their time is their time. They don't tithe anymore because it's their money. They don't have time for God because of their schedule. And they succumb to the third call breaker, mistaking success for calling. It's easy to do. It's easy to do. And graduates, every one of you will face this. Just because it pays $5,000 more doesn't mean it's the will of God. And I've heard this so many times. It has to be God. I can make more money. I can have better benefits. It has to be God. 
It has to be God. We can buy the bigger, we can get more square footage, we can make more money. It has to be the will of God because they have mistaken success for God's calling. And there's nothing wrong with success. There's nothing wrong with making more money. There's nothing wrong with more benefits. Unless we mistake it for God's calling. In Timothy, the New Testament, it says don't ever equate gain as God leads. You see, the the kingdom of God logo is not a dollar sign. Now, I know on Christian TV they'll tell you that. A dollar sign is not the kingdom of God logo. God has a purpose for every one of us. And that purpose, if you could see it and you could imagine it, you would choose this life if you could see what God sees. If you'll trust God, if you will trust God and walk with God, His purposes will not let you down. And your verdict in life will be this. God was everything to me. At this moment, I'm going to segue with our graduates. I'm going to invite all of our high school graduates, if you're here in the room, would you come forward? We have a gift for you. All of our high school graduates, you graduating, you come. Step forward. Thank you very much. Just join me all the way at the front. If you're in the balcony, just come on down. Yes, join me right here. And they're going to place a gift from the church in your hand. There you are. Thank you. Graduates, come on down. Thank you. Thank you. If I could have all of our high school graduates look at me for just a moment, won't you get your what we're placing in your hand is a Bible. Every time somebody graduates from high school, I give them a Bible. Why? Because I want you to know this book will take you through life. Every decision, every word of wisdom, every critical choice you make in life, God, God has something to say about it, and he's going to guide you. This will be your GPS you to know we're giving you a brand new technology it's brand new they actually now print bibles they really do it's on paper this is a new technology you see this works without internet you don't have to plug this one in this is not a charge cord this this is a place when you read it you put it in and you can come back isn't that cool this is brand new technology. I got saved when I was 14. And I fell in love with God's Word. Fell in love with God. This book changed my life. This book has been the manual for life. It's, it's helped me make career choices, financial choices, family choices. Any significant priority, I went to this book. And if this book ever said yes, I said yes to it. If it said no, the answer was maybe. This book has made the 
choices in my life. And I will tell you that you will always be working out for the good of many. Now our college, university, and graduate school graduates, if you're here, would you come forward? We have a group here that would like to pray for you as well. Join me here in the front. College, graduate school, university graduates, join me. Come on, yes. God bless you. For our university, college, graduate school graduates, I'm, I'm giving you a break. I, I, I know, I'm, I'm tired of doing this. You know, but I'm t take, take a, a few weeks off rest your mind but when you start reading again this is your next reading it's entitled The Noticeable inside the cover I have a card for you and I've tucked in the card a Starbucks gift card here's your homework when you have 90 minutes a couple hours that you can just chill out I'm going to buy you a cup of coffee take a highlighter and I want you to go and read this book and you'll read it in a couple hours. It's a, it's a fictional book. Little vignettes. Each chapter is a vignette. But there's somebody that shows up in each chapter. His name is Jones. Jones shows up. He's the noticeable. And it talks about people. One person is, is out down by the coast and the weather is gloomy. What can you do about that? Just going through the routine of life. And then all of a sudden, Jones walks in, sits down at a table near him, strikes up a conversation. And then Jones begins to ask the person questions. And then all of a sudden, the person begins to reflect on their life. And they notice things in their life that have noticed before. Another time, it's in a country store. Jones walks in. The old country store, you can hear his foot steps on the wooden floor and the wood creaking as he moves across and strikes up a conversation. You're new here. Yes, who are you? They call me Jones. I stay around here, Jones. This is what we do. This is what we do. And then all of a sudden, the conversation will circle around. And people who are walking through their routine, Jones will help them notice something they never saw before about their life. The noticer shows. The subtitle of the book is Sometimes a Person Needs a Little Perspective. I'm going to give you a hint. Give you a hint about this book. The Holy Spirit is the noticer. He's Jones. And what it is, you see, you had a conversation. I'm going to go to college and I'm going to do this. You second guessed it, but something inside of you told you you should do it. And there was a purpose in you doing it. And they said, why are you doing that? I don't know. I just feel it. I just feel like I could. So you see, somewhere in your life, the noticer came in and he prompted you to make that decision. There were times you thought about giving up. <laughs> it's too hard, too expensive, too long. Oh, I've gone far enough. I can't do it anymore. You turned in the assignment. You did better on the grade than you thought. You caught your breath and you moved on and 
refused to fly. It was late that night when they were putting their home up for rent. The notice came in. And he had a hard conversation with me. And as it were, he patted you on the back and said, you come back. You see, the Holy Spirit is there. He notices. He notices things in your life that you don't see. And he's going to guide you. He's going to give you eyes to see opportunities that you don't see now. And he's going to be your lifelong partner. Jones is coming back to his dad. So I'm giving you this gift. Now you have a couple hours. I'll buy you coffee and let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. May I pray with you? Father, what a privilege it is to pray over our graduates. I thank you for their dedication and a day in which failure is celebrated through discipline, diligence, determination, and hard work. These graduates have reached a significant milestone in their journey. It's a part of the calling. Some don't see the full breadth and the the full significance of a now, but you're going to clarify that. You're going to show them and their calling how their decision and their life accomplishment not only impacts them and their livelihood, but will be used in the kingdom of God. I pray over them for guidance and strength. I pray, Lord, that you'll shine your light upon their path. God, give them discernment. When there are two good choices to make and they're trying to determine which one to make, I pray they hear the whisper of the noticer in their life. And then God will illuminate their path and the options they should have. Care for them. Encourage them and give them assurance that their steps are ordered of the Lord. And I speak blessing and favor upon them in Jesus name amen Westover would you join me one more time God bless you graduates very much and thank you for being with us you're dismissed God bless you